What's up, everybody? This is a late night podcast that we're going to be recording. Uh, we all are, are snowed in. So uh, that winter storm hitting the Midwest, South, it, it's hitting all three of us pretty hard. But this is another episode of the JTS podcast. My name is Marcus Modi alongside my partners, Patton Cook and Gabe Jones. Hopefully, uh, uh, did you guys, was y'all able to get some groceries before the snow hit? That's my first question. Bro, I got super duper lucky because, like, I checked the weather and I saw it was going to snow, but I didn't know it was going to be a winter storm. Super lucky. My mom went shopping, like, last weekend, and then I went shopping. So we just so happened to have groceries. We didn't know this was coming and got stocked up. So super lucky, super blessed. Patton, you over there starving? No, uh, luckily here at Austin P, they're they're kind of slopping out the food every now and then for us about about every fifteen or so hours. No, I'm joking. I, I went and shopped for it. I felt kind of stupid. I was like, nothing's gonna happen. I, I've heard this all the time. They're saying eight inches of snow, absolute rubbish. We we, we might get an inch. Well, I, we we might have got an inch of snow that first night, but this ice has been no joke. But we're we're snacking on Easy Mac and Pop Tarts. So uh, the college experience, I mean, it just keeps going up over here at uh, at the Cook Residence and Hand Village at Austin P. But we're, we're thriving and profiling over here. Uh, we might have to start a GoFundMe for Patton just to, just to oh, be safe. I, I won't turn it down. I, I, I'm not going to. It's not above me to accept money. That, that That's for sure. Somebody's got to pay for this education. But let's go ahead and hit on uh, a couple of topics. We've got quite a bit we're going to talk about here um, tonight. Well, but you might be listening in late night, early mornings, whatever time we're listening to. But we are going to start it off with – it just slipped my mind just like that. That's wild. It's okay. We starting with the All-Star, right? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. The, so the NBA All-Star uh, – event that's going to be in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, in the next coming weeks. Also going to have a, supposedly the dunk contest and the three-point contest, but we're just going to announce uh, our little starters. Uh, I know ours is probably going to be a lot similar. It might be a few differences uh, between – I feel like Gabe might be the one that's going to be a little bit different than everybody yeah. else. But, uh, Patton, you know what, let's, let's start off with – what is your starters for the West? Looking at the West, as much as I hate to do it, it is hard not to pick uh, Mr. Steph Curry. I, I know Gabe, uh, I kind of have an idea what he's uh, going to be talking about. The overall talent at the guard position in the West is so good right now. Uh, but I'm going to go with Steph Curry, and he's likely going to lead those votes. So I'm going to go with Steph at the at the guard position as well as Damian Lillard. I know uh, a lot of Europeans are hoping for Luca to get the start, but like I said, it's just tough to not pick Damian Lillard and what he's doing. And right now, he's starting to rack up the wins for his team, and and that's obviously uh, one of the big uh, big parts of this. So I've gone with Damian Lillard and as well as Steph Curry as my guards, and then kind of the the, the front court, if you will, uh, for the war, or for the West, I should say. Kind of looking at it, it's 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 tough as well. But uh, I'm going to go with LeBron in AD as well as Jokic. Uh, I think Jokic. Uh, I don't know if he will end up getting in just because you know how the center always kind of gets snubbed from these uh, different sort of things. But 
I think if it weren't for uh, another player like LeBron James or Steph Curry, I think Jokic would be uh, leading the MVP race right now if it weren't for those other two players. So I'm going to go with Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, LeBron, AD, and then closing it out, uh, Nikola Jokic. All right, Gabe, go ahead and uh, state your five. Well, in the West, yes, it is always tough. It's a conference chuck full of a lot of talent. A lot of guys who are actually in MVP talks in the West, like, I don't know, five, six, seven of them are coming from the West. So we'll get it started with the guards, of course. You know, I'm rolling with my boy, video game, Dame. This dude is, has been just going off. He's hit two back-to-back game winners in just like the last two nights. Had a step back three and then an and one free throw to go ahead. He's a bucket. He's a bucket. Um, Actually, he, hey, just a little pointed out, he is number one in clutch points right now. Yes, sir. Point. And then also, uh, he had a little three-point play against the Pelicans uh, just today. Yes, sir. I mean, he's. Uh, I think he was shooting like 55% from uh, the field and like over 50% from three uh, in the clutch moments, last five minutes of the game. So, Dame is my first guard. Uh, guard number two, yes, it is going to be a little controversy around this pick, but it really shouldn't be. This is the leader of the best team in the West, and that is Donovan Mitchell. He is the best player on the best team in the West, so I think that he should be voted in as that other guard. Um, Stephen Curry, Luka Doncic, of course, they are worthy worthy picks, but send them boys to the bench. All right. Um, going to the front court. We have, of course, Sir LeBron James. I mean, it's LeBron. It's not really much needed to be said there. Um, Jokic is my other guy, another MVP candidate, and uh, a guy who was averaging a triple-double for part of the season. He's been amazing. And then for my last board, had to go with Kawhi Leonard. Um, This guy is just boning. Like, this man is just cold. Like, he, he cannot be stopped and, of course, his efforts on the defensive end as well. Uh, those are my starters for the West. What about you, Marcus? All right, so uh, I agree with Pat. I got, uh, I got Steph. I wanted to go Donovan Mitchell, but because just because of what Gabe said, uh, I mean, he's the best player on the best team. But I'm sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't take out Dame Dollar for D Mitch. So I, I went Steph. And Damian Lillard for my guards. And then I went LeBron, Kawhi, Jokic as my front court, just because the difference between Kawhi and AD is AD most likely won't be playing Good point. for this all-star game. Uh, I think he, they said because his strain is Achilles. So he's going to be out until I think afterwards. Now, I think he might, he should get an all-star uh, selection, but you know, he ain't going to be playing at all. Mm-hmm. So that's why I went with Kawhi. And then I'm gonna go ahead and hit on the East because honestly, if it wasn't for Bradley Beal, it would be three Brooklyn Nets on, <laughs> on that start uh, the East starters. But I'm gonna go Bradley Beal, and I'm gonna go, I want Kyrie over Harden. Uh, then for my front court, I went KD, Giannis, and Joel. I mean, guys who has been playing phenomenal. And, really been playing like MVP level. Yeah, man. Uh, I have four of the same guys as you. I got Bill, Kyrie, Embiid, and KD. And for my fifth guy, 
I had to throw in the center. Like Patton said, the centers don't get enough love and respect. I hate that they took the center position out because and then just made it just forwards. Um, so I threw in a center out of respect. Um, my boy Vucevic down in Orlando, balling, just straight up balling. I think he's shooting about 40% from three, over 50% from the field. This guy can do no wrong offensively, and he's a pretty good defender. So I think that he gets my – well, no, he does get my all-star nod. Sorry, Giannis. Yeah, I, I think this is a tough one, and I, the really only tough position for me is picking over Kyrie or uh, James Harden. And I, I think I'm going to end up going with what Marcus said and going with Kyrie just because of the numbers he's been putting up as of recently. Of course, uh, if you're watching for tomorrow and on uh, Thursday, it would have been two nights ago, but James Harden performance last night was awesome uh, for the Nets, just all by himself pulling out that victory. But for Kyrie, he's been doing it in the East. I don't know if that has any relevance, but Kyrie's been in the East the entire time except for his little vacation that he uh, put on by himself. But I'm going to go with Kyrie, and then the other three is, is pretty self-explanatory. Kevin Durant, Giannis, and Joel Embiid. I think Joel Embiid, I, I forgot to mention him on an MVP race uh, an episode or two ago, but right now, my God, uh, I I wasn't a huge fan of coming in uh, of how Philly was doing things with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I just thought I'd seen as much as that team was going to do, but give credit to Embiid. He's kind of offered another level to his game and he's really kind of taken that lead of, of wanting to lead this offense. And it's kind of helped out Ben Simmons as well in that category. So not as exciting as the, uh, the West because right now the East starters are pretty locked up, I, I think as well. But that, I believe they're going to announce those starters Thursday. So technically today, a little bit later today. But we just gave you a little extra spikes on it. Um, the JTS All-Stars uh, yeah. starters. But we're going to hit on this uh, trade deadline because there's a couple of guys that are on the market. Uh, just to name a couple. Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, uh, just to name a couple. Uh, we're going to hit on Blake Griffin first because, I mean, really after – when him going to Detroit, everybody knew that was wasn't really just the best situation for him in Detroit. And now Detroit is is going in the opposite direction. Uh, where would you guys think would be a good fit for Blake Griffin? Because a lot of people don't know they, they just when they see Blake Griffin, they think of just the dunker Blake Griffin, but not the offensive game of Blake Griffin. What? Where do you guys think would be a good fit for him? Um, as far as a good fit, I'm not really sure anywhere would be a good fit for Blake Griffin because I think he's done. Um, his offensive skills are pretty good. Like, at his best, he's a guy that can dunk. Yes, that's what we think of. But he's a guy that can handle the ball. He's developed a three-point shot. So he does have skills, but – from what we've seen from the Blake Griffin of old to the Blake Griffin of new, he doesn't garner much, I guess, much respect. You know what team I like to see him on? The Cavs. Trade Blake Griffin for uh, Kevin Love. Send Kevin Love to Detroit. And, um, yeah, we'll see what Blake Griffin would be able to do with those young guards. I'm not saying that it make the Cavs any better, but the Cavs are trying to get off of Kevin Love as well. So just trade two uh, has-beens, two has-been power forwards. 
Very interesting, uh, Gabe. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. The Cavs have kind of been known here the past couple of years to kind of take uh, flyers on some of these big guys, and Blake Griffin would uh, fall right in line with the, with the what the Cavaliers have done so far. I'm looking at two teams right now, and two teams that have kind of disappointed so far in this season, and both of them are in the East. I'm going with the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. Both of those teams desperately need additions, and especially the Miami Heat coming off a finals run right now. Uh, right now, they're kind of struggling to beat uh, the Golden State Warriors in overtime right now. I'm not entirely sure the outcome of that at the time of recording this one. Yeah, it, the Warriors actually won the game 120-112. So, so, so there you go. And, and this is a team in, in Miami. They haven't had Jimmy Butler the entire season, but one thing they haven't had has kind of been that uplifting supporting cast that got them to that point. One thing that made them so good was having – Tyler Hero and, and guys like that coming off the bench. Well, he's starting now. and he's not. They're not getting that impact off the bench. I'm looking at Blake Griffin for that team. I know the Celtics, the hope is that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to ultimately uh, lift them up to one of the top teams in the East, and I think they'll end up doing that. But I think Miami, I look at Pat Riley. He's going to be aggressive, and uh, he's shown he's not afraid to make a big-time move uh, at the trade deadline to try and get his team where it is. They did it with Jimmy Butler not too long ago, and it's looking like a, a, gr a great trade right now, but that, that's the team I'm looking at, a team in the East that just desperately needs um, some new life to it. Uh, that's a – I can see – okay, with the Heat, the Heat been having a lot of problems, uh, but they've also had a lot of injuries. And then you got to remember that Goran Dragic hasn't been playing at all because he – well, his foot injury in the finals. So they've, they've been hit pretty hard. Uh, would Blake Griffin be able to defend in that system would be the thing, and I'm not I'm not fully certain on that. And I I I might be there with with Gabe because it's not that many teams that's just gonna look and be like, oh yeah, we can use Blake Griffin right now. So I don't know. Uh, Looks like his time might be up. Honestly, it it might be up. Now, somebody else who could impact the team really quickly, uh, J.J. Reddick. Now, you, we all know the shooter, J.J. Reddick, uh, him and Lonzo, they've had talks or trade talks. Now, where is somebody, where is a team where you would love to see J.J. Reddick back on or a new team? Pat, what do you think? This is interesting, and I, I'm looking at maybe – one of his former teams, and I'm looking at the Sixers. I, I think this is a team that def definitely could use him, didn't end up uh, being able to attain him, ended up going to New Orleans not too long ago. But that's a team that I'm looking at right now, and I don't know if they necessarily need him. They're playing so well right now. But um, when you got a guy uh, at, at the GM spot like the, uh, like the Sixers have, there's never enough shooting. And I think J.J. Redick would follow that suit. Uh, I think he, he's – it's been shown that he can fit in this Philly system, so I don't think it'd be much of a, a risk for them to try and get him. It's just whether or not Doc Rivers thinks he can fit in that system, and uh, we'll see. Uh, not too many teams, I think, right now, the main teams that are looking at him are contenders. I think with Blake Griffin, there's not many contenders that are going to be able to just kind of load that contract that Blake has, but J.J.'s a little more flexible with his contract. I'm looking at a team like Philly who's looking to cement their spot as the best team in the East. Philly would be a good choice, uh, maybe reuniting with some guys that he had great success with. Uh, seven bounces away, 
from going up against, I guess they would have went against the Bucks. They probably would have beat them and then went to the finals. They probably would have beat the injured uh, Warriors. Seven bounces away. But another team that would be interesting to see J.J. Reddick on, the Mavs. I think that he could be some relief for Luka, a guy that can actually knock down some shots. We've seen the Mavs struggling so far this season. Uh, their defense has been of question. Well, J.J. doesn't help much on the defensive end, but at least they can knock down some shots. So I would, I would be very interested in seeing him either on the Mavs or on the Celtics because I think that the Celtics, of course, we know about their big man issues, but I think that they also need a guard player that can knock down some threes. I like both of those teams, actually. Uh, the Mavs, they've been at question with their shooting outside of – because even Luka, Luka hasn't shot the best from three himself. Uh, it seemed like the only dependable shooter. Uh, what we talked about the last pie was Max Kleber. Uh, <laughs> but J.J. On, on the Mavs could work. Uh, I think I'm going I'm to side with Patton, though. I think uh, the, the 76ers would probably be the best fit for him. Just because you you know how the Sixers will use JJ Reddick because they're doing that exact same motions with Seth Curry, and I don't think it will be a big drop off between those guys. Now, defensively, yes. Offensively, I don't think so. But I think that would be a good fit for him. Uh, man, he is getting up in age, and the real question is, who would the 76ers give up or would? how much compensation will be given up for J.J. Reddick. I think that's another thing we'll have to look for with these contenders as well. It's tough. And for, for Phil or um, rather for the Pelicans, they're not looking to give them up for free. They're saying, why not? Can we not make a, a run at this thing in, in terms of the playoffs and in terms of playoff spot? But uh, th that's a tough one. And li like I said, for a lot of these teams that are contenders right now, they've already kind of given up the mortgage to be where they're at right now. They, uh, they don't have a lot of assets to give up. And that's kind of the tough part for the Pelicans and a, a player we'll talk about in just a minute um, and finding that right spot, that right contract. But JJ, fortunately enough for him, has got a little more options than guys like Blake Griffin and then Andre Drummond. Wait, I just thought about it. You know what would be a team that Blake Griffin could go to? The Minnesota Timberwolves, <laughs> because they already don't play defense. That would be a – yeah, he, could, he right should go in. to the Timberwolves. He will fit right in. First team, no defense. <laughs> the Gabe, Gabe slogan right there. I don't know if you've copyrighted that yet, Gabe, but let, let, let's get on it. Yeah, we might – we got to get that one. CC, first team, no defense. Right. Dang. Put that no, on wait, a T-shirt. That's, that's another thing. That's another thing. We, we got to have, at the end of the year – we got to have a list for first team no defense. We got to remember that. That's got to that's gotcha. be a part of the JTS, the, the JTS awards. First team no defense. I got you. Spearheaded by D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Probably All Anthony right. Edwards, too. Oh, yeah. They have two <laughs> captains. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then uh, the final person. Uh, is on Patton's team, the Cavs, uh, the big man, Andre Drummond. The Cavs announced that they was uh, putting him on the market. Now, it's a couple – it's a few teams that I think uh, really would need somebody like Andre Drummond. The first one that comes to mind for me is the Raptors. I think Toronto should be the first team to be calling them up and uh, 
trying to make this deal happen because they need help on the interior. I, I, I know Twitter loves Aaron Baines a lot, but he, he's just he's just not it. Hey, that's real. The Raptors, that's a great pick. I would think about um, the Celtics and then, of course, the Nets. But the Nets don't have anything else to give up. Like, they yeah. they they stuck. They stuck where they at. But the Celtics, they definitely do need some help on the inside. I'm not sure what they would move. They have a bunch of draft picks, so maybe they can get up off of those. But um, I think that he would help that team. With the Celtics, though, they would be so far above the cap, it wouldn't like because you're paying Jalen Brown, Tatum, and Kimba. True. Drop Kimba. The man ain't been doing nothing. I mean, no, I can't be. That's supposed to be your your third score. Is Drummond going to be your third score when he comes to the Celtics? Sure. Why not? Dude, uh, Tatum, Tatum and Brown have been dominating. It'll be a couple more shots for them and then just toss Drummond the rest of them. and He'll be fine. Drum, Drummond will be fine. All right. It's gonna be, I feel like after that thing, it'll be a lot of Shaq and the Fool moments with Andre Drummond uh, on the Celtics. Hey, I'm all here for it. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I'd like to speak a little more generally about Andre Drummond, not necessarily a team, but uh, just as my Cavaliers. And I've, I've pretty much watched just about every game uh, of his so far this season. And I don't know where it's gone wrong. Uh, for me, last season, he was such a joy to watch with the Cavs. He kind of picked his spots. When we needed a bucket, we could kind of throw it down there for him. And he didn't try and do too much. But this year, I, I don't know what I'm watching from him. I, I, I said this to a few of my uh, friends from back home. I've never seen a less skilled basketball player in the NBA. I, just whenever he's at the basket, zero post moves. Just trying to bolster over guys. Ends up getting charges after charge. I, I just hate watching Andre Drummond. So for me, I'm at the point where the whole thing with the Cavs is right now, they're wanting too much for Andre Drummond. They're wanting a, a guy like Joe Harris or something like that or, or a first-round pick in, in, any, in any aspect. And that's just not going to come because right now Drummond, he's, he's $27 million against the cap right now, just stealing a living right now from the Cavaliers. It's been a disaster this season. And, and I'm glad we've ultimately just said we're, we're going to sit him down until we can get a trade done. Just because Jared Allen right now, hell, even JaVel McGee, he's given us more at the center position right now than what Andre Drummond is. It's been a disaster this season for him. And um, good, good good riddance. It was it was a fun couple months for, for Andre Drummond in Cleveland, but I, I about had enough. And I think all of Cleveland Twitter can agree with me right now. It's It's been a disaster this season for him. The ISOs, good riddance. <laughs> Well, welcome to my funny. TED talk. After that, let's you guys can take it away. <laughs> I think the funniest clip is when he went on an ISO and oh. like just threw the ball under. <laughs> and he tried to and he tried to excuse it on Instagram. I was like, dude, we all know what you're trying to do. They were trying to do some circus layup. Didn't work. And just good grief. <laughs> it's just funny whenever you see him practicing on a step back three, like knowing good and well, he doesn't need to be doing that in the game. <laughs> well, and, and and that's what the Cavs are these days. We, we bring in big men so they can develop their three-point shot, and that ultimately never comes. It's it, it's it's a sad sight right now, but uh, not all doom and gloom. I, I know I've, I've said it, but we'll talk about it at a later date because uh, enough, enough Cavs talk for the real NBA fans uh, tuning well, in right now. Well, a little bit of Cavs talk. How do you – 
Well, relating to Sir Drummond, Draymond, Draymond's comments about uh, trades, like teams trading uh, players and uh, players asking out uh, markets. Just relay what Draymond basically said and um, how you feel about it. Okay, so essentially uh, Draymond feels that play or organizations should be held accountable just like a player would in regards to asking for a trade or putting a player on the trade market. So he brought up essentially James Harden wanting out in Houston and they blasted and the media just blasted Harden. A lot of critics blasted Harden for saying that he wanted out saying he, he wasn't ready and all that. But then for instance, when a team wants to trade somebody like Harrison Barnes, Andre Drummond, they have to go out and, you still have to go to the games in order for you to get paid. You're just going to dress in street clothes and you got to act professional. And if you don't, if you don't do it the right way, it will label you as he's not a good, he's not a good guy in the locker room or he's what it I can't think of the, uh, the term. He's not suitable for to be in any locker room. If he doesn't comply with what the organization says. And he said, Draymond feels that, it should be a, a level, like a balance between both. Not saying that players should get, like players should get more respect in regards to it if a team is going to do it the same thing and it gets viewed differently. Uh, I think I agree with them to a, cert, uh, to a certain extent, but I know that organizations are going to do whatever they want. I mean, uh, the players, they have the players union. That's, I mean, the players union can back you also what, but I mean, an organization can control the media. How, if they wanted to paint you as a bad guy, you can get painted as the bad guy. And there's ain't nothing that you can really say about it. I mean, that might be a reason why Kyrie had to step away from basketball, taking a mini vacation. We don't know that because a lot of these guys nowadays are just, keeping it to themselves and not stepping up like Draymond would. And I mean, Draymond knew that he was going to get fined. So he said, oh, well, F-bomb it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And, and, and for me, it's, it's not just an NBA problem. It is a sports wide problem in, in all the leagues. I, I look at for the Titans specifically, a, a lot of, a lot of people will, will remember whenever we just out and release Jarrell Casey because it saved the team about eight million in cap space. It didn't matter what what he did for for our eight years with the Titans leading us to playoffs, leading us to an AFC championship. Ultimately teams and players are looking out for their best interests. And I think that just that was something I, I when I was younger, I, I never really understood. I was upset at LeBron for um for leaving Cleveland. But then when you look at it, the Cavs weren't helping him out, and if, if he's not, if they're not going to help him out, he's got to look out for his best interest. And I, I think that's something that really needs to be put across all fans. Is there's no need to hate on a player um, if they're not helping the team out because if the team has the opportunity to help themselves out by cutting them, trading them, they're absolutely going to do it, and they should do it because it's all about winning at the end of the day. So, um, not just an NBA problem. I not a huge fan of what a uh, uh, Draymond as a person, but there's very few things that he gets wrong whenever he comes out in the media like he did. And I don't know if he ended up getting fined, but I, I think I don't think I've heard much more true statements put forward by anyone. 
I got I to gotta say something about that because a lot of teams don't even do it f- to win, essentially. Yeah. Like, certain teams just, like in the NFL, the Jets with Jamal Adams. <laughs> they try to paint him like the bad guy when the Jets weren't trying to win games. They were trying to tank. <laughs> so Jamal Adams felt like, why, why do I need to be here when this team isn't trying to be built around to win? That's why it, it's it's a tale of two mirrors, essentially, in regards to the players and how organizations are treated. And it just really got shared to light. Well, it's basically – I think that it is a thing of, one, back in the old days, the organizations did have a lot of power – well, most of the power – in um, the game and it is still today ultimately it is the organizations who are paying these guys Um, one thing that was put to light I think around 2016 after the cap jump I think that it moved it to where the players and the owners were getting 50 percent of the revenue shares that's why we saw these huge contracts I didn't realize how much these owners were actually making a 15 team roster is making this amount is the same as a one person is making the, the same amount as a 15-man roster. Um, so where, where there is money, there is power, there is influence, and an organization is just a logo. It's faceless. A player, I get to see LeBron play. I get to see Kevin Durant play. I get to see these players on the court doing their thing. I mean, I see the, or, the organization isn't playing. They're just the logos on the jerseys. So you can't really just point to an organization and say, oh, they, they're, ter- they're a terrible organization because all they need is a player to come and turn that around. Um, so, yeah, I do agree that it does need to change as far as perception. But, uh, KD, that was still a, a, a little girl move. I guess I'll keep it clean. A, a sad move by KD to go to the Warriors, bruh. Soft. He's soft. Hey, I mean, and that's another thing I, I did want to bring up too, is that like, it's not like how it was in the 80s. It's not how, it, the basketball is not how it was in the 80s and 90s where one guy stay on a team for 15 years. And if he doesn't win, oh well. <laughs> Just, just plain and simple, because everybody knows once you have that one ring on your finger, you have a different say-so. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. It, it's a lot of guys that didn't hardly do much, but they can say they still got that ring, though. And them organizations know once you get that ring, you get that first chip, it feels different. It talk different. The representation is different when you got a Super Bowl, when you have a World Series, when you have an a NBA Finals chip, you, your swagger is a different way because a lot of you don't you don't see a lot of one and dones when you win a you win you win that championship. A lot of these organizations be like, all right, let's run it back, let's try to run it back, let's try to get there, get back there. And you'll realize too, with a lot of these player moves. Certain moves, it'd be for the money. And when certain people go for it, try to win that chip, they go to an organization that has already won. And now it's not a lot of times where you'll go to a team like Brooklyn, like how Harden, KD, Kyrie was at Brooklyn. It's not a lot of times like that. 
if y'all get what I'm saying. Now, if you're LeBron, you're, LeBron James is different. He, he's just he's just different. But also, he also went to Miami with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. So you you can understand my example even more. Like today's time is different than the Jordan the Magic era, and then, and then back in those times, they was doing trades. So it would look good for when a trade happens, they're going to they're gonna give a pat on the back to the GM, not to that player. Now, but the player could have been behind the scenes telling, hey, we should pick up this guy, we should pick up this guy, because a lot of the players also be having a voice to the GMs to make these certain kind of moves. So when a guy like Kevin Durant is asking OKC, I need shooters around me, and then OKC, what they do, get guys – that can defend but not shoot the three. So what? What? And then KD feels some type of way, and then goes to the to the Warriors. People feel some type of way, but guess what? He has shooters and people that could defend. So he had the best of both worlds. So he was. It would feel like a match made in heaven. What happened? He got two rings. And that's <clears> one, if you I ask me. That that. I mean, just keeping it real. This time, indeed, indeed. Today's, time today's time is different than the past. And organizations going to have to step up and, and respect it. Absolutely, because players are, are showing now they're not sticking around for the long haul uh, because it doesn't help their legacy out, like Marcus was saying, with Kevin Durant. And it just doesn't make sense for either side, really. It, it doesn't make sense for – uh, really, a guy like LeBron James to finish sixth in the East every every year, his team's not going to go for it. And, and I think it just makes sense for for guys to move. Didn't love the KD deal, obviously, but uh, but it happened. We moved on, and I, I like what he's doing here in Brooklyn. Now he's uh, looking to win it his way. So um, a weird uh, a weird NBA headline, but it, it's happening. And uh, as much as I hate it, Draymond probably got the nail on the head. But we're gonna send it to a quick break when we come back uh, to the second half of our show. We got something that we, we ain't talked about in a little minute. Uh, I don't think we talked about it at all, actually. But, and we're going to have a little goat talk. Another one of those goat talks. But it's going to be a little different this time because we we branching out to all sports. But when we come back, I think y'all going to like that, this second half. We'll be right back here with more Just Talking Sports. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back. We are going to smack a little NFL talk. We had a, a little bit of movement, not really movement yet. I mean, some dude got cut, and this guy is J.J. Watt. He ain't got cut by the Texans. The Texans are have been busy. You know what? They've been really busy in this last year. Let's talk about it. Uh, we'll start with uh, DeAndre Hopkins going to a new team. And then they fired their coach and GM. And then Deshaun Watson voiced his frustration with the team. And then J.J. Watt, he gave a heartfelt statement, tried to pump his team up to get some more wins. But ultimately, he said that he did not want to be on a team that was rebuilding in the latter years of his career. So the Texans have released him. Guys, what do you think of J.J. Watt's career, number one? And number two, uh, do you have any idea on where uh, he might land? Um, I'll start with you, Patty. 
First, I, I think he's a Hall of Famer, and I think the impact he's had in the NFL uh, suits that. Whether or not he's first ballot or not, it's really up to the to the voters for that. If it was my first opportunity to put J.J. Watt in, I, I'd vote yes for sure. I, I think as a Titans fan, watching him two times a year, and you're seeing him more than twice, you're kind of seeing him, seeing him on the field more than twice just because he's popping up all over the field. One thing that kind of shouts out for me is whenever Zach, Zach Mettenberger was the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans and he put up a selfie or something out during the week and J.J. Watt saw it and he got a sack and then he put a, a selfie celebration right in front of Zach Mettenberger, just an absolute savage move uh, by J.J. And uh, it's just kind of been ever since that moment, you've just seen the domination. He's been the, the leader of that Texans defense and he's been on some pretty good Texans team. The only downfall is he never really made uh, much noise in the playoffs, and that's really no fault of his own. He was he's getting doubled and triple teamed quite a lot on the defensive end, and even whenever Deshaun Watson came, uh, that defense for the Texans it just kind of broke up what it used to be because that Texans defense with uh, McKinney, the linebacker, you had guys like Jonathan Joseph, the corner, and then you had JJ Watt up front. It was really one of the better uh, duos as well as Jadavian Clowney. So. Really, it's kind of crazy to think that he won't end up having a, uh, at least in a Super Bowl appearance with the Texans just because of that talent they had on the defensive end. And ultimately, whenever Deshaun Watson came, it kind of broke apart. But um, without a doubt, a Hall of Famer, what's next for him? I think he's got a few different opportunities. And two, I'm looking at it. I'd love for him to come to the Titans, but I just, we don't have the cap situation for him to do that. I'm looking at two teams. I'm looking at his, uh, Really, where every Watt has gone to play football currently, that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, TJ would be on the opposite end of where JJ is. And I don't know if you can ask for many more better pass rushers and, and guys on the defensive line to kind of disrupt a quarterback. That's one avenue, kind of playing with the family, uh, knowing some players on that team, and uh, really a, a Super Bowl contender if they can find a quarterback to suit their ways. And then the last one, it's kind of their, the hometown kid, and that's going to go with Green Bay Packers. I'm looking at the Packers right now because that defense can never get enough two weapons. You're in win-now mode. Even if you even if you drafted a rookie quarterback last season, Green Bay should be in win-now mode uh, right now because you just don't know what Jordan Love is going to be as a quarterback. So those two teams is what I'm looking at right now. Uh, very happy he will uh, no longer be playing the Titans two times a year, but uh, he's had enough sacks against us uh, in the few years that he's been in Houston for uh, for a lifetime of sacks against my Titans. So um, what a career it's been, but I don't think he's done yet. I, he's still got some more in the tank, I think. All right. So for me, uh, dude is just an absolute monster. <laughs> uh, you got to realize that this man was in the talks for MVP in one year. It was 2014. He was uh, – Defense, he was going touchdowns on offense and defense. He was just an absolute monster. He's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. Now, I'm going uh, to be a little different from Patton on the teams that he chose. I think the Steelers would be a good a good pickup for him. But I'm going to say a rival of those. I think the Browns. I think the Browns might be the best fit for him. Because keep in mind, last year, he was – he was one. He was top four in double teams last year. The other one of uh, those other guys that was double teamed the most in the in the league was Miles Miles Garrett for the Browns. You can't double team both of those guys, 
And I think that that pressure that the that the Browns get already is something to watch out for. And if you added JJ Watt, that's that's a major problem. And the Browns, they look like a really good team last year. They could go moving on up if they added JJ Watt. Indeed, that would be a nasty, nasty duo of a pass rush um, if he was to be added to the Browns. I also like the idea, too, uh, Patton, with the Packers pick, of course, being like a hometown guy. If he's looking to win a Super Bowl, I mean, the Packers have made it to the NFC Championship the last two years. So maybe he would be the piece that would get them over the hump. Um, of course, uh, going to the Steelers, it would be a family affair. I'm not sure how far the Steelers would get, being that their offense has a lot of questions right now, especially with free agency coming up. Will they be getting weapons? Who will be at the quarterback? whole bunch of questions. But that Packers pick uh, to try and win now, that would be an amazing place to see him play. And as well as, yeah, that Browns pick. One thing I did want to say, the Packers, they're struggling with the cap right now. They, they've having a couple guys that they're going to have to end up paying. You know, Aaron Jones is going to be one of them that most likely will pay. And that's another thing, too, is that for J.J. Watt, like, what is the market for him? Like, how? what's the ceiling? What's the base? So, like, certain teams wouldn't be able to pay him. Like, is it $8 million? Is it 12 Is it close to the $15 million? Like, what we, – we all don't know what the base – pay will be for him because we know basically everybody needs J.J. Watt because he will fit in almost every system. Yeah, and, and I think we'll find out just how badly J.J. wants to win and if all the talk about how he doesn't want to be on a rebuilding team, uh, kind of how we were talking about with the NBA guys, there's um, kind of the contenders, they're not really uh, gotten plenty of cap space to give up. So if I'm J.J., uh, I've had my money in Houston, I've gotten – Got my paychecks there. Now it's time to cement myself as one of the best. Um, of course, you're going to make it into the Hall of Fame, but I think he's got a chance uh, to kind of be one of the top ever to ever play the position and get that ring to kind of cement that legacy of his. But we'll see how, how it goes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I would love to see him on the Packers because I, I want Aaron Rodgers to ultimately win another one. He deserves it, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. A few different destinations, but uh, we got another guy that we'll talk about here just in a second. Yeah, from from an electrifying player like Watt to a windy player like Wentz. Let's get right into <laughs> it. Where will we see Carson Wentz go? All right, so apparently, allegedly, I'm not saying that this is gospel. I'm not saying that this is 100% fact, but hearsay says that the Philadelphia Eagles want a deal like the Lions got for Carson Wentz. How, when, where, why? All, all the W's. I need all the W questions, any adjectives you want to throw in or whatever. Carson Wentz played absolutely terrible last year. Um, he didn't play great the year before, and he didn't even do anything for the Eagles. Nick Foles won that ring. Um, so why are they demanding so much? First question. And number two, do you think that they'll get it? Marcus, where, what's going on? Well, Carson Wentz, he was playing like an MVP before he got hurt. So, but you are correct. Nick Foles did win that chip for them. And then in the playoff time, what happened? When they, the next year, Nick Foles get in and win a playoff game. 
Yeah. They're, they're, they're extremely close. If it's not for Alshon Jeffrey drop, uh, beating the Saints. So, uh, I, I don't know. It's also tough because the Eagles, another, like, I guess you want to, what is it? Oh, what? Who, who is going to be willing to give up a top-tier player for Carson Wentz or at least three first-round draft picks for Carson Wentz? I don't think anybody will. Even, like, the the best destination for him, Indy, they're not going to give up anybody on the defensive side. I mean, they're not, they're, what are you going to do, try to sign and trade T.Y. Hilton? Because T.Y. Hilton's a free agent this year. But I don't think they're going to trade him away if they're trying to get Carson Wentz. I, I don't see anybody willing to trade, a, especially a top-tier player, let alone three first-round picks. I think they could get a, one first and a couple – like a first, a second, maybe a fourth. But I don't see two first-round picks in a player or two first-round picks in a third for Carson Wentz. I, I just can't see that happening. Yeah, I, I really always find it funny when teams kind of bench their starting quarterback uh, when, when they kind of find them not to be as good as they thought they were, and now they want the king's ransom for it. Why would the team uh, take your scrap that you don't think the quarterback is good enough? And the Eagles, again, the Eagle, uh, not a big fan of Howie Roseman. I think he thinks he's smarter than he actually is. Some of his draft picks have been an absolute disaster. And uh, right now the Eagles are looking to kind of get back what they gave up to ultimately get Carson Wentz. And, um, that that two first round picks has been something they're throwing around. I think if anyone's going to do it, I, I wouldn't be surprised that the Bears gave up a two first for Carson Wentz. That's kind of been the team thrown around right now. Is the Bears are really the only team um, really stupid enough to really entertain something like this? So I'm I'm looking up. I'm keeping my eyes out on the Bears. They always do seem to do something uh, foolish, except that a uh, Khalil Mack trade. I don't know how they pulled that off. It, 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 that's about the only good move they made in quite a long time has been that Cleo Mack trade. It's worked out for him, but I'm look, I'm keeping my eyes on the Bears. For Carson Wentz, he just needs some uh, new scenery. It, I think, uh, like a lot of different situations, I look at Ryan Tannehill, it's kind of worked out for the better for him here in Tennessee. Just get out of Philly. Uh, uh, although the weapons were starting to do well, Jalen Hurt showed uh, some good promise, but ultimately, Philly quarterbacks come and die, and, and that's something we've seen quite a lot. Donovan McNabb couldn't even do it in, in Philly, so it's a tough one for them, a tough situation uh, for everyone involved. But I think for the Eagles, uh, know your worth here and know what you're giving up for Carson Wentz thinking you're going to get a King's ransom. Is there a road to redemption for Carson Wentz? Do we think that Carson Wentz is actually a good quarterback in the league? Like we said earlier on before his injury, he was a guy that was in MVP talks earlier in this season. Um, he was missing – basically all his old linemen and basically all his receivers throwing the no names, but still, I mean, being in some games, winning some games, do we think Carson Wentz has a, a way to come back and show that he's actually a good starting quarterback in this league? Or do we think he is washed? Is he, is he done? Um, I think he might, I think it would be a redemption year. And now, first off, I want to say, it depends on the team that he goes to, for one. Because just, what type? What teams are you looking at? What? What? Throw out some teams that you think he'd be good on, other than I guess the obvious Colts or maybe even the Bears. Do Do you think there are any other teams? 
I think he could excel with Kyle Shanahan. I think, honestly, a, a lot of people would, yeah, a lot of quarterbacks could essentially excel in Kyle Shanahan's offense. It's very easy, very simple. And you just got to make throws. And also, you got to just throw the ball down the field when, it, when you need to. Something that Jimmy G couldn't do. But maybe the 49ers could be a good uh, a good spot for him. Uh, but like I said, if it's like a bottom-tier team, like the Jets, the Lions, something like that, I don't see him having a outstanding redemption year. Or he could he could try to stay in the division and go to the Redskins. We, don't, we never know at this point. Uh, but if he goes to a solid team, I think he can potentially have a redemption year. But if it's a if it's a garbage team, hot garbage, he gonna play like hot garbage. <laughs> and and I'll say this in his defense, I don't. I think there might be three or four quarterbacks that can rise above uh, garbage talent around him. I think Tom Brady has kind of shown he can do that every now and then. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, um, you can say Russell Wilson as well. But ultimately, I, I don't think Carson Wentz needs to be a top five quarterback. I think if he's top fifteen on the Colts, he can win a Super Bowl and. Um, we saw that with uh, Nick Foles. He just didn't get in the way of that dominant defense that Philly had in that Super Bowl run. So I, if I'm Carson Wentz, there's no reason why he can't end up uh, having a revitalized career. But unfortunately enough for him, he doesn't really have the, the, the pick of where he's going to end up going. It's going to be wherever which team can give the Eagles the most. And usually that ends up being a pretty a bottom tier team. I, I'm looking at the Colts still. I, I'd say he's a, a that's a team right now who even though they don't have the quarterback to save their win now, they've got the defense better than anyone else in the league right now. And they've got the weapons around Naheem Hines, as well as Jonathan Taylor at the running back position, as well as some other weapons on the outside. That's a team right now. If I'm Carson Wentz, I'm saying my prayers that I can go over there because that's a team right now who's built to win right now. It's got a great offensive line. It's not going to get many sacks and you've got a run game to, to get behind. So the Colts is the obvious name, whether or not they're going to, I give up enough to uh, of the Eagles liking will be interesting, but there's no reason why Carson Wentz can't uh, revitalize his career. But uh, one thing I will say that the comparison to, to uh, Robert Griffin III is a scary one because we saw flashes early on with him, but after that knee injury, he just never was the same. One thing I do want to point out is that the Eagles, they're running out of time, time themselves because I believe within the next week, he's supposed to get like an extra $10 million. Yeah. So that 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 doesn't help out the Eagles for much as you're trying to get rid of him because essentially you're gonna to have to almost lower your your prices for him because the team is gonna be like, all right, if we're you're supposed to be giving him thirty million dollars. Now nah, we can't do that for for these these for multiple first round picks. Now nah, we can't do that. So you're just gonna to have to suck it up and uh Go ahead and pay the man. That, that's that's yeah. the predicament that they're in. We will see. Uh, the ball is in basically the Eagles' court right now. But speaking of balls and courts, Serena Williams. We got to watch a tennis match tonight. She was playing against oh. Naomi Osaka, and um, she fell. She fell uh, to Osaka tonight. Um, she is one of the greatest tennis players we have ever seen in the history in the history of all of tennis um and she's going up uh, just against a younger um 
talented, a very talented, kind of like version of her. I mean, a, a lady that grew up watching her, who uh, idolized her even. And in this match, it just seemed like Serena, Serena did come out showing her power, you know, showing her grace. She had like a, a strong aura, like whenever you see Beyonce walk into the room, just all eyes are on her. Serena just came out with that power. She can't went up two points, but then Naomi Osaka, she was like, all right, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get this under control. And uh, she, uh, Serena just came out and, I mean, Naomi just came out and dominated for the rest of the game. Yeah, uh, so this is exactly what happened. Uh, Serena took the first two games and then Naomi took the next eight. And it was, it, it was, it was a dominant performance by Naomi. Uh, one thing I noticed in this uh, match was that Serena's forearm, forehand, excuse me, not forearm, forehand it wasn't there like the past two matches uh because those past two matches she was dominant she looked like uh herself and something just wasn't there it wasn't clicking for her i know the commentators talked about it quite a bit but it just wasn't there and naomi she said herself that those nerves hit in the beginning but when she calmed down she was a striker. It's like a, like a snake. It's just waiting for that moment, and she struck. Those serves, Gabe, I, I know you saw it. Them, them serves was deadly. Uh, Powerful. It's the reason why she's number three in the world. Indeed. I think I think she takes it off. What What do you think? The most definitely. I, I, yeah. I think she's going to win. It's going to be her fourth uh, title in four years. One, one every year. I think she takes it off. She's she'll she'll be uh going. I think she plays on Saturday. She wins another one. She'll just keep on moving up those ranks as being one of the greatest uh female tennis players of all time. But speaking of the greatest athletes, some of the greatest players, Serena, she stays at 23 grand slams. Um, do we think or where do we place her? amongst the pantheon of great greatest athletes uh marcus i feel like you had some strong feelings on this okay so uh we was just we had a just casual conversation before this uh earlier earlier in the day so we, it was just an idea just to talk about the goat the goats of goats essentially uh and now you can you go it's a lot of it's a lot of game guys that you can put bring up in each and every sport, you know, you got your Jordans, your LeBrons, somebody like Bill Russell, Tom Brady, and you can go Usain Bolt if you wanted to, Michael Phelps, Serena. You had a number of list of guys, but uh, these guys feel differently than me. But I'm saying that Serena is top five. She, she she's in that. She's top five greatest all time with those like. Gabe said 23 Grand Slams, singles Grand Slams at that. Uh, she also has 14 doubles. That is, that is the second most with her sister. That is, So she has second most pairing doubles. She's second now. She's tied for the number one. She just needs one more Grand Slam title to have the record. And then she also has four Olympic gold medals. Hey, that, that, that's a resume that's uh, – quite unmatched even for uh 
whether it's male or female, I will say. That is quite impressive. Now, Patton, strike his argument down. Or do you agree? No, I, I think top five is a little high. Uh, I, I, I'd go more in the top 10 to 15. And, and for me, I, I just give more, uh, more emphasis on the team sports. And, and when you look at other sports, I, of course, we're going to talk about our, our footballs and basketballs. But I'm looking at baseball. I, I'm looking at soccer as well. I, I can rattle off three or four soccer players that I put ahead of, of Serena Williams right now. And that's no disrespect. I, I think that's just some of, of my perspective right now. I, I put LeBron James, I put Michael Jordan, I put Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I, I, I put Kobe Bryant. Uh, th that's five basketball players already that I put ahead of them. And for me, I, I, I think one thing I will say, I, I, I don't know, maybe call me, um, I, I don't know what you want to call me on this, but I, I think the aspect of greatest athlete um, is not something I, I'm ready to give to Serena in the top five. And and mainly that is you've seen a couple stories from from a, a tennis player ranked, I believe, in the 200s that beat Serena and uh, pretty easily as well. And I, I think that's something that needs to be said. I think we do need to talk about as well. Is she the most um, accomplished uh, female athlete of all time? I'm willing to give you that right there. But I, I think it'd be pretty unfair to some of these other people that have dominated their sport um, in, in terms of the athlete back. position. I'm going to give uh, some other ones. Dave, let me come back because LeBron James is what it what's his final record, Gabe? You already know. Three and six, baby. Well, well, no, no, not three. Oh no, four. Yeah, you got four, four of them okay. now. Four, four and six. There right. you go. Four and six. But but LeBron James lost to the Dallas Mavericks with JJ Barea, Dirk Nowitzki, Jason Terry, and Tyson Chandler. Has LeBron has how many how many titles has Serena lost? LeBron gets one shot a year. Serena gets four a year. So so, so she wins. It's a I, I love how many times has LeBron made it to the finals? Isn't it like fifteen or something like that at this point? Serena, I, I'd like to know how many times she hasn't even made it to the finals. I I just think it's I think we need to be careful here. I I think for Serena is she the most accomplished female athlete ever? Yes, uh, I'm I'm more than willing to give that. But I think we need to uh, pump the brakes here when we talk about athlete. I I, I just maybe I'm putting it in a different category. Most accomplished, I think we can maybe start to talk Serena Williams, but I'm just not ready to give it to Serena in a top five without overlooking some of these other players, especially when you're looking at LeBron James at the specimen that he is and what he's done for the sport in, in, in all avenues. All right, I'm looking it up right now as we speak. Go ahead, go ahead, Gabe, go ahead, Gabe, because oh, the, um, the first person I saw on that when I initially looked it up was Rafael Nadal. It wasn't. It was Serena's. Serena wasn't even close on that list, but I'm gonna keep looking just for you, Patty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I have a, a myriad of people before I put Serena. Serena definitely is one of the greatest athletes of all time, but uh, Floyd Mayweather, 50 and 0, can't knock that. Um, Usain Bolt, if you are able to run, if you have legs and you are able to run, He's faster than everybody else that is able to do that. That is billions and billions of people throughout time. He's the best. He's the best to do that. Um, Michael Phelps, 18, uh, I believe 18 or maybe in the 20s of gold medals. He's obviously the best swimmer of all time. Um, Bill Russell, 11 championships. Michael Jordan, six basketball championships. There, there's a myriad of athletes that I would put ahead of Serena. She is very decorated in her sport. 
Um, but as far as top five, maybe a little bit too high, but definitely, definitely one of the greatest of all time. Okay, so where are y'all putting Michael Phelps? Phelps? Uh, um, probably like top ten. I put Brady up there too. Yep, Brady. But yeah, top ten uh, for Phelps. I don't know. I for me, I would. I, I will. I'll say this about Serena. I give her more props about dominating over eras. For Michael Phelps, it's been a, a short time for him, and I, I, that's one thing I will say. I, I will give Serena that credit. I, I, I think just for me, I, I would have a hard time putting her. I put more emphasis on team sports, and maybe that's just a bias of mine. I wasn't a whole individual person uh, sports-wise uh, growing up, but I, I just look at some of the other team sports, and that I would just, frankly, put ahead of Serena. I, but that is my uh, my personal opinion. Okay, so what I, what I went through with a couple of websites, uh, it says she's lost 10 times in, in the finals, 10 runner-ups. I know LeBron's only lost six, so uh, out of um, out of out of out of thirty three, out of thirty three times she didn't, in the finals, she only lost ten. I, I, Very I'm impressive. Pretty sure that's, I'm pretty sure that's a way higher win percentage than LeBron James. <clears throat> but uh, are we going to bring in gold medals for for Mr. LeBron James? You can bring you willing gold, to do that, Mr. Modi? You can bring in gold medals. It still won't match. It still wouldn't match Serena. I I, I know I know how you're many, not trying to put. Many, I know you're not putting to put LeBron James uh, under Serena Williams right now. I know you're not trying to do this. I am yes or but no. for different reasons. Yes or no? Serena has more hardware if, Le- if LeBron got to go to the finals four times a year how many championships do you think he'd have right now um at least 33 <laughs> <laughs> percent I mean I mean what's I mean what's going on here I mean uh, for individual sports all you got to worry about is yourself LeBron's had to worry about 10 other people a front office and a coach every year. I, I, I just, I cannot, I, I will not put Serena Williams over LeBron James because all she's had to worry about is herself. And LeBron, he's got to worry about a whole lot of other stuff than just himself to end up winning titles. And, um, but like I said, I, I put Serena over Michael Phelps. So I, I'm conceding that to you, Marcus, but you're not conceding to me. I think shame on you. <laughs> Stay in your ground, Marcus. That's fine. You can put Serena out there. There's no uh, her or Amanda Nunez. I'm taking the champ champ. Okay. <laughs> uh, I got a all right, quick question. Where is Floyd Mayweather on y'all list? Top 10. He, I think he's the best. I think he's the best boxer to ever do it. And, yeah. Yeah, top, so top 10. He's a top 10 guy. I don't know who my 10 guys would be. I'm sure I could rattle off 10 guys, but he would uh, he would be in my top 10. Definitely ahead of Serena. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we're talking about win percentages, Marcus, he's got 100% win percentage. I mean, Man. Let's, let's stay consistent <laughs> at least here. The sun going to come up tomorrow. 
And That's Floyd not- Mayweather not going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> he going to fight me, Gabe, and Pat next. And now go lose. And we going to get that as a pass because he's still undefeated. Hey, undefeated. Never lost. No words of LeVar Ball. Never lost. <laughs> I'm with it. <laughs> That's all we have on today. On tonight. Is whether, well, whenever you're going to listen to this, this podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Had a good laugh. Hopefully you don't you don't have send no uh no threats to me to to, to any of us on our regards to the goat talk. Cause you yeah, know. I I would like to say one more thing. If you'd like to direct any uh, any Serena Williams hate on my part, I will direct you to uh, my Twitter handle at at Marcus Modi uh, underscore. <laughs> so to send them over uh, my way, and uh, I'll, I'll be sure to 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 respond to them. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh, right. But that's all we have on today. Hopefully, y'all got some good laughter on this podcast. We're going to be back with more in the coming weeks as we get closer to the All-Star break. Baseball is coming up as well. But we appreciate y'all listening to another episode of the JTS Podcast. We gone.